0: May I speak with Ben Bernanke, please? Uh, Speaking. Oh, hello. My name's Adam Smith.
1: Uh, I'm expecting your
0: call. Good. First of all, congratulations on the award. Thank you very much. I understand that uh, you didn't actually receive the news directly.
1: No. um, We were not expecting this to happen. We turned off our cell phones, as usual, at bedtime. And we got a call from our daughter in Chicago, uh, first thing uh, in the morning letting us know that she'd heard a news report.
0: Indeed, have you actually spoken to the committee yet?
1: <laughs> I have not. I have re- I've replied to the I received the letter and an email. Um and I replied that it was received and I apologized for not being available again uh I, I did not I was not you know considering this possibility, so I didn't uh you know prepare for it um, but i I, I acknowledge the letter and thanked the committee for uh, for the honor and of course I will do whatever I can to uh you know pr- participate effectively and and to enjoy the and enjoy the whole experience.
0: I think Barack Obama famously described you as the epitome of calm. Um, does that capture the situation when she told you the news?
1: Yes, I, I've, I've been pretty calm about it, but I think I've been trying to process this remarkable uh, development. Uh, so I'll see how I feel in a couple of days, but um, I'm still trying to, to take it all in.
0: Hmm. I suppose for many laureates, it thrusts them into the limelight you're obviously there already, so I suppose that changes things a bit, that puts a different dimension on it.
1: Well, uh, I spent most of my career as an academic uh, doing research, um, and then, of course, uh, I got into uh, government work, um, but I'm, I'm glad to, to be thinking again about the work that I did, and I'm and now that I'm no longer in the government, I'm, I'm doing academic research again, so that was an important part of my life, and I'm, I'm glad that that was recognized by the committee.
0: Yes, indeed. The change from being an academic and your work, your 1983 paper, for instance, on analyzing the role of bank runs in the Great Depression or in exacerbating the Great Depression, is mentioned as part of the citation. It's very rare for somebody who does that sort of work then to find themselves in the position of being a practitioner, isn't it? And a practitioner on such a grand scale.
1: It is rare. Um, Perhaps it should be less rare. I don't know. Uh, but uh, I would say that uh, what I did as a researcher was, on the one hand, uh, very helpful in understanding the situation and responding to it. On the other hand, the real world is, is very complicated in issues like politics and communication um, and dealing with a, uh, a committee of people to make decisions. All those things are complexities in a real world situation that uh, an abstract uh, economic model doesn't capture.
0: Mm. it's calmness again i guess you need a very calm head to decide what to do in the face of all that uncertainty
1: well i i tried to keep my focus uh simultaneously on the very near term what i had to do next uh the next speech the next testimony the next decision while at the same time periodically thinking about the big picture and i found that that worked for me and uh, The same thing is true, you know, in research, that you have a a program, you have a plan, but on any given day you have a set of specific problems you have to solve, and keeping your mind focused on those problems uh, helps you uh, keep keep things in balance.
0: Fascinating. Um, The award really underlines the importance of banks in society, as if that importance wasn't obvious already. I think back to the Peace Prize to Muhammad Yunus in 2006, and the emphasis that placed on the power of banks to get money into the hands of even the poorest people. Is that how you see it, as underlining the importance of the bank?
1: Yes, and I think uh, banks is not quite the right word, actually, because what we're talking about here is credit. Mm. And uh, Eunice was was right that, uh, you know, the the kinds of institutions that provide credit for very poor people in developing economies might be very different from a, a formal bank You know, like we have in the U.S., it might be a a small uh, collaborative uh, with uh, community uh, cooperation and enforcement. It it might be in the United States. It might not be uh, a bank formally. It might be um, a hedge fund or it might be a venture capital company or a um, uh, private equity company or or many other forms of of credit provision. So, So it isn't so much banks per se, but rather the idea that if something uh, destroys or seriously hampers the ability of people to borrow or get liquidity when they need it, they will become very conservative, very cautious, and that will cause the economy to slow considerably. And that I think that's the real insight, that credit can help provide growth, but if the credit mechanism is badly disrupted, it can also be uh, a very adverse development for the economy.
0: Mm. And I realise this is too general a question, but given that people the world over are now very worried about what's happening economically, do you think that we're in a safer place now than we were when the crisis hit in 2008?
1: Well, it's inherently very hard to know, but I think that this is a different situation in that the recession and the consequences of the recession were not due to financial problems per se, of course, the recession was caused by an external event, the pandemic. And we came into the recession, uh, generally speaking, with pretty strong uh, financial institutions, strong banks and the like. We did, of course, have a uh, disruption in March of 2020 uh, in the Treasury market, which the Fed responded to quite quickly using some of the same tools we did in 2008. But again, the um, uh, this whole experience, recent experience, um, was was is not was not caused by uh, financial weakness. Uh, but as I mentioned uh, the other day that uh, if things continue, if we have a bad recession, which I, I I'm not predicting, but if that were to happen, that could weaken financial conditions and financial institutions, and that in turn could make the uh, uh, downturn more more persistent. So it's certainly something that the Fed and other central banks pay close attention to. They want to be sure that even as the economy slows, uh, that uh, financial uh, institutions and credit uh, supply remain uh, healthy.
2: Hmm. You just hmm. heard a special episode One of, of the Nobel things Prize that the Conversations.
0: celebrates is the if working relationship between moment, you and your co laureate. We have
2: another special episode um, you won't and want Douglas to miss Starland, when we on spoke Nobel to him, Prize Origin Stories.
0: <laughs> how did he put it? We I can't think of, of two people I'd rather be discussing moments. things with than my co writers. Sometimes factors in the search, you just happen to find of these great <laughs> great colleagues lines. with whom it's good to discuss find things it and it's the right time. And 1983 to to seems podcasts. to have been the right time for, your, for the, the publication Nobel Prize
2: that the series you've produced. Series i with Adam known,
1: Smith, uh, Doug Diamond in, in a particular for a very long time. And, and I do the Diamond Outreach. and Divvig paper. Um, the editorial paper. team
2: includes it was Andrew about, Hott, as you say, it
1: was published the Lundqvist same time as my me, paper on, on the Depression, an extraordinarily uh, interesting paper, which uh, I always taught whenever I was teaching these things in in graduate school. Um, I think the reason that this was all happening in the 80s was a combination uh, of the fact that, on the one hand, uh, p- people were paying more attention to uh, financial aspects of the economy, uh, rather than thinking of financial markets and financial institutions as being sort of a background uh, institution, they began to start thinking more about uh, financial uh, crises, for example, as as propagators or even causes of downturns. So I'm thinking of uh, people who were looking at um, uh, emerging markets, for example, which suffered periodic financial crises. And we had uh, crises in some advanced economies, including a little bit later, of course, in in Sweden. Um, But at the same time, uh, as people were paying more attention to the role of financial institutions, there were developments on the theoretical side of economics looking at uh, uh, problems of imperfect or asymmetric information uh, and how those might be solved and how they're related to uh, the resources of both the lender and the borrower, for example. So uh, the, the insight, I think, that is in much of the work that I've done, a lot of it with Mark Gertler, is that when uh, financial conditions weaken generally uh, so that people have less uh, net worth, less collateral, uh, it becomes more difficult and more costly for lenders to make sound loans. They tend to pull back and that creates uh, more stress uh, in the economy. So that that theoretical approach that helped you think about uh, lending and borrowing as a um, problem of imperfect information subject to uh, the various uh, ramifications that the theory uh, provided, uh, that was, uh, it was that was happening at the same time. And the combination of those two things, I think, generated a lot of very interesting work in uh, banking, in corporate finance, and in macroeconomics.
0: Isn't it interesting how ideas have their time? All that time has to pass from the Great Depression in order for your work to come to fruition. Well, many,
1: many, many, many people worked on the Great Depression. Of course, there was the famous work by Friedman and Schwartz, for example, which was being debated when I was in graduate school. and then later, there was a lot of very important work uh, on the gold standard and other causes of the depression. So it was something that people have been working on for many years. And I, I hope uh, that this, you know, my work contributed to the understanding of the depression. But but the directions we took it uh, were more general than that. We wanted to think. We, I'm referring to my various co-authors, and I wanted to think about how fluctuations in uh, financial conditions can affect not only uh, the economy in a a deep depression, but also how they play a role in in more ordinary recessions or fluctuations in the economy.
0: Lastly, um, the uh, Swedish Academy of Sciences clearly have a a vision of what they mean to say by awarding this prize. What message do you hope that the prize sends?
1: I think... uh From a real world perspective, I I hope it it does underscore the importance of a stable and healthy financial system for both for long term growth and also for short term stability. And uh, I think that uh, we've made a lot of progress there. Uh, Bank regulation is much better than it was uh, when I wrote the 1983 paper. Uh, But I think there's also a lot of work to do, and I think there's still parts of the financial system that could use a stronger oversight, particularly respect to their, their solvency, this uh, safety and soundness. Um, and I hope that as a practical matter that regulators and policymakers will continue to think about uh, the financial system as being uh, a critical part of the broader economy and not just a, uh, a sideshow. It's really, it's really one of the things that makes the economy successful, makes it work. And by the same token, if the financial system is uh, uh, breaking down, then the economy will feel the effects of that.
0: Thank you very much indeed. So um, we very much look forward to welcoming you to Stockholm uh, in December. I assume you'll be coming?
1: Yes, of course, and my wife as well, and perhaps um, my daughter, who's focused with the news. But I will say that I've been to Stockholm a couple of times, and I think it's a lovely city. But I've never been there in December, so I see what that is like. But but um, I think it's a, a very nice city, and I'm looking forward to, to, to coming back there.
0: Thank you very much indeed for taking the time to talk to me, and we look forward
1: to seeing you again. My pleasure. December. Thank you. I'll see you then.
0: Bye-bye.
2: Bye. You just heard a special episode of Nobel Prize Conversations. If you enjoyed this moment. We have another special episode you won't want to miss on Nobel Prize origin stories. We present clips of laureates recalling formative moments and Adam explores the unexpected factors that can shape the lives and careers of these great minds. Find it on Acast or wherever you listen to podcasts. Nobel Prize Conversations is a podcast series with Adam Smith, a co-production of Filth. And Nobel Prize Outreach. The editorial team includes Andrew Hart, Olivia Lundquist, and me, Claire Brilliant. Music by Epidemic Sound. If you're passionate about the Nobel Prize, you won't want to miss a single episode of our podcast. Be sure to subscribe. We're available on ACAST, Amazon Music. Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, GeoSarvan, Spotify, and many, many more popular platforms.